Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. The scripture this morning is Matthew 3, 1 through 12, the proclamation of John the Baptist. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear this his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire the word of god for the people of god, Thanks Thanks be to god. god. my word john really knows how to get us into that tingly christmas spirit doesn't he jeez this passage from matthew like many of the scripture passages that are being used this Advent season, don't seem to fit in our regular idea of what we'd prefer to think about in December. Much like our passage during Christ the King Sunday, we are used to hearing words, the words of John the Baptist, closer to Lent rather than Advent. We read them in January and after to give us the what for. We don't usually look to him to give as much understanding as we prepare ourselves for the birth of the Christ child. But when we really take a look at what John is telling the people that have gathered around him, it really fits into the broader idea of Advent. The time of preparation, the in-between time. John's words tell us of an end of what was and gives us an invitation to a new beginning. Before we get too involved in what John was trying to convey in these words, we first need to wrap our heads around the packaging that this message came in. John the Baptist is a very important part of the story of Jesus Christ. He appears in all four Gospels, so we know that he is big business. He had quite the following himself, and he proclaimed what would follow him. Yes, he was big business, but he was nothing compared to the one that was coming after him. The description of John has always fascinated me. He's been called a wild man, 
dressed in camel hair and leather. I know some of these guys. They're weird. <laughs> the dating pool in the UP is a little, you know. Thank God for Josh, right? He ate locusts and honey. I have this mental image of him as this rough, snarled hair and beard, dirty, grizzled, possibly scarred up. But in classic art, he's always depicted as pointing. Whether as a baby or a man, he is always pointing up towards Christ. Leonardo da Vinci's painting of him is a little too pretty for how I think he'd look. In da Vinci's description, he looks more like Kenny G and Mona Lisa rolled into one package. Seriously, look it up later and tell me I'm wrong. Don't do it now, though, because you're listening, right? He came from the wilderness with his message. Let's unpack that for a moment. The wilderness that is mentioned in these verses is not like the version of the wilderness that we may think of today. We live in North America, and even more matter-of-factly in Michigan, and so we know wilderness. We know the trees, the hills, the rivers, the lakes, the sand dunes. This is our wilderness. We pack up our tents of various sizes and conditions, pack our coolers and backpacks, careful to bring the bug spray and the sunblock. But this is not John's wilderness. John's wilderness is a rocky, barren wasteland. There are few places to get out of the sun in the daytime and fewer places to find shelter from the cold at night. The wilderness, though, is not just a word set aside for, the North, for Northwoods camping or even for survivalist solitude. The wilderness is a perfect description of the time that we are in. That in-between time that I mentioned last week that time between the birth of Jesus, which has already happened, and his anticipated return. The wilderness is a place where after Jesus, excuse me, after Christ has saved our, our immortal souls and just before we feast with him at the heavenly banquet. We are in the time where we get to learn who God is and learn what our relationship with God should be. This wilderness that we are in is a time when we, set, we, when we are at our most rebellious. We believe that our way is right and no one has the answers like we do. We are all teenagers shrieking at their parents that they just don't get it. No wonder we need someone well-versed in both the physical and metaphorical wilderness to come and remind us of just what we are waiting and working for. Through John's gruff words, we are able to hear not only what we have been saved from, but also what we have been saved for. And that, in a nutshell, is the beauty of Advent. Advent is a time to remember the grace of God that has always been with us. But it is also an opportunity to change our whole self. In the Greek, the term is metanoia. It is to change in one's life resulting from spiritual conversion. 
And although that can seem difficult, especially since John referred to the people of the time and possibly some of us as a brood of vipers, it is joyous and helpful to make that change. The metanoia of our hearts is not supposed to be focused on how terrible we have all been, but how great we can all be. It is a time to recognize and see just how wonderful our relationship with God and with each other can grow and strengthen into. Advent is a raw acknowledgement of the brokenness of the word. It is a look into why we need the birth of Christ, why we need his teachings and his resurrection. This raw glimpse, if we didn't know what was coming, could send us into a spiral of anxiety. But we know what awaits us at the other end of the wilderness. And so Advent lets us feel the hope and the love of our relationship with God. John's declaration acknowledges that the world right now is broken. This is not how the world should be. But he also tells us through his promise of who is coming after him that this is not how the world will always be. Something new is coming. Prepare for this new thing. Change your heart and mind to be ready for this new thing. He's all the rage, this new guy. Just wait till you see him. Whenever I read this passage, as gruff as it is, it reminds me of Disney's Aladdin, when Aladdin, as Prince Ali, parades into the city, and Genie's singing, you're gonna love this guy. John's delivery is definitely not Genie-like. He is blunt as he gives this information. We all have that cousin that just kind of says things, true as they may be, with little tact and careful packaging. Well, this is Jesus' blunt cousin. He disrupts the pageantry of the season to get us back on track. He is gruff, but his message gives us hope and points us toward a love that will forever be unparalleled. In a commentary for this passage, Douglas O'Hare used these words to describe the words of John the Baptist. And he said, We must not speak of God's love coming down at Christmas without remembering that the divine love is fierce in its judgment upon those who resist love's demand. John gives us love's demand. John tells of the winnowing fork and the fires of the threshing floor. This passage is not about separating the good folk from the bad folk as it is often used. The wheat and the chaff here is not us versus them. This passage is about separating the weak, excuse me, the wheat from the chaff of our own hearts, from our own lives, the good and bad parts of ourselves. The winnowing fork of Jesus and the fire of the threshing floor is giving us an opportunity to get turned around and ready to receive the word of God through Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ coming in and helping us burn all of those things that 
keep us from a relationship with God? The resentment, the self-righteousness. It is the fire of the Holy Spirit that burns within our hearts and rids us of all of that nonsense so that we can accept and share the love of Jesus. This fire gets rid of all of the negative things that we hear. You aren't good enough. You're not holy enough. You're not strong enough, sacred enough. You're not worthy enough. Those lies that we let ourselves and others say about us, those lies that keep us from our God are being burned away through the love that Christ has for us and the hope, joy, and peace that he brings to us. The love that we receive from Christ and the love that we have for Christ makes us enough. The metanoia of Advent can be painful. Change often is, especially a spiritual change. The pain is how we know that we're healing. I remind people of that as they enter physical therapy or even talk therapy. And I'm sure some of you can attest to that. It is going to hurt, but you've got to keep going. Healing hurts. Whether you've broken your ankle or suffered a great loss, moving the parts of yourself that you thought would never work again is painful. Healing hurts, but it is liberating. It allows us to finally work through the hurt. It allows us to learn how to walk again, how to breathe again. In this time of Advent, we face our darkest days. We face our past. We face the things that have kept us from forgiving, the things that have held us back from true healing. And we turn our eyes and our hearts to the light that comes from Jesus Christ. The light and love that comes down at Christmas, filling us with hope and peace. Amen.